You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey listeners, welcome to another season of Cozy Room Podcast. We have made it to season eight. This season, I want to shine the light on mama's health, aka woman's health, and some of these illnesses that I will be discussing with special guests can also affect men, but I really want to focus on what illnesses uh, women go through and deal with and have to make sure their bodies are in check, have to make sure their diet is in check, especially if they want to carry children or carrying children. And, you know, the knowledge of knowing your family history, how important it is for your health and your life. And that's what I wanted to focus on in this season. I hope you guys enjoy all of the guests. We're going worldwide with these guests. I'm talking to women across the water, across the pond, as they call it. I'm talking to women from different walks of life. And I just want you guys to get the information, learn from the information and take that with you and spread it to someone who, you know, needed more insight on what they're going through or what their symptoms are. I hope you guys enjoy Cozy Womb Podcast. Don't forget to hashtag Cozy Womb Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cozy Room. Sorry, I'm making some tea. Um, this episode is really special to me because uh, it's with a close friend of mine, Kiki. And she's a new mom. And um, we had all these plans to do like a pandemic drive-up baby shower. And she had plans to do a photo shoot. And her baby was going to be due around my mom's birthday. You know, that was exciting. And she just been really good about getting all of her items for her new baby, her new son. All of that was disrupted by her blood pressure being really high. And her going to a doctor's appointment and them saying... Your blood pressure is too high. We have to put you in the hospital. And she went to the hospital. Um, 
she was there for like I want to say a few days and then they was like they probably release her but her blood pressure want to go down and they told her that she wasn't going to make it to full term um that they were going to have to induce which means she would have to have a premature child and um she got preeclampsia and that's what we're talking about today uh it's the illness that can only be cured by a woman giving birth to a baby and the blood pressure gets really high and very dangerous for the mom and baby and that's what we're discussing so i hope you guys enjoyed the episode hey hey it's anya doula and i am the host of intercultured with anya doula intercultured with anya doula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood culture birth work and travel and it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood to discuss our work and birth work if that's what we do but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, thank you. I appreciate it. You can also find cool, cute, cozy womb gear on the cozy womb shop. It's on Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash cozy dash womb dash shop. And you'll find hoodies, t-shirts, what do you call those? Fanny packs, um, mugs, everything um, that I want to give all of my listeners and my supporters during the show is on there for you guys to purchase, okay? I appreciate every penny because every penny does go towards helping my family especially during a pandemic where I physically can't be out of my house during the week uh, because my children have virtual school so if you want to support Cozy Moon Podcast you can support through you getting a little something something and also I getting a little something something on the backside. so thank you for supporting the show thank you for supporting Cozy Moon Podcast and thank you for supporting uh, teespring.com Peace. Let's- Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. Um, welcome back to Cozy Room Podcast, guys. This is season eight, Mama's Health, episode 12. We're talking about preeclampsia woes with Kiki, one of my besties. She mm-hmm. wasn't planning to have preeclampsia. I don't think women oh my do. God. Not at all. But this is what yeah. happened. And I want her to share her story, and then I'll question her about everything else pertaining to preeclampsia, because that is something that women have to deal with if it comes upon them. That's not nothing you could prepare for. It's just like, what, what's the direction now? Mm-hmm. All right, Kiki. Um, hi. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all. <laughs> what is burning? <laughs> Um, 
so basically, um, like I was just dive right into it. I was um, pregnant, of course, and um, I was going to all my doctor's appointments and stuff. You know, like your prenatal care stuff, whatever. And at about like four months, my um, midwife was telling me that my blood pressure was high. Um, but not like high to where it was like anything crazy. But as I kept going, 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 and going, like it was like elevated, it got higher and higher and higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So you didn't feel one, any different? No, I really didn't feel any different. Like I, I really didn't. And that's the thing, like it got really um dangerous for me because I didn't have any other symptoms. Like I didn't have word vision. I didn't have um, any headaches. I didn't have any um, any like swelling at that at, at that time for real. Mm -hmm. So it really was like a silent killer for me because all I had was was high blood pressure. So you know, granted, I'm I'm you know pregnant, whatever. I I had actually reflex and morning sickness, but no, but nothing else. Yeah. So my initial due date was um, on August 29th. Um, full term would have been today, August 8th. I would have been 37 weeks. Mm -hmm. So um, on July 9th, I was sitting at home at my desk working mm -hmm. like a regular day. And I had a doctor's appointment. Um, just a regular routine visit, you know, weight check, blood pressure, ultrasound. So I go to my um, doctor's appointment and my blood pressure is 153 over 103. Shoot. When the nurses saw that, they was like, oh, shoot. Like, that's, like, that's, that's really, that's really, really, really high. Mm -hmm. So um, I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll just go home and relax. Yeah. you know no big deal <laughs> so i'm inside the um exam room and the doctor's like no i'm putting your ass in the hospital because <laughs> your blood your blood pressure is really high mm -hmm. and um I, I think that you may have like preeclampsia mm -hmm. so immediately like i um i broke down at that point because yeah. like i don't want to go to the hospital i want to go back home and finish living life so i was you know yeah. It's like just thrown for a loop. So um, I come home, get, you know, pack bags, whatever, whatever. We need, we need to go to the hospital, my um, boyfriend and I. And um, we're in there. They do some lab work. They test urine. And they found over five grams of protein in my urine. Wow. My um, liver is severely elevated. So at that point, they back, they diagnosed me with um, severe preeclampsia. Mm. So at, at at that point on July 9th, I was thirty I was thirty three weeks and um, five days. Mm. Still early, like still uh, um, um, preterm. So I'm in the hospital. They they do lab work, blood pressure. Ugh whatever like all this stuff and um i'm talking to I'm, I'm speaking to the doctors and the goal was for them to try to get me to at least august 8th today because that would have been at least a full-term baby right mm -hmm. 
Okay. At 37 weeks. And um, my blood pressure was only getting elevated and elevated and elevated in the 160s, 170s. And, you know, 180s is like stroke level. Right. And um, again, I didn't have any symptoms, no headache, no, no, uh, no blurred vision, no swelling for real, just high blood pressure. So you were just so sitting like, there like people are just doing stuff to me and something's going on and yeah. I can't fix it. Yeah. And they're putting these needles inside me, these IVs. I'm always, mind y'all, I have never freaking been in a hospital ever, mm-hmm. like probably since I was a baby being born. Wow. ever and um I've never had an issue with my blood pressure I've been going to the same OB since 2011 and I've never had an issue with uh, blood pressure so I'm like asking the doctors like what is this a um result of what causes it and it was like you know it's really common it's a common thing in um women and there's no cause for it. it's just it, it's just high blood pressure due to the pregnancy itself like that growing um, baby is just like pressing that blood in your arteries, like mm-hmm. expanding it. And also, all right, wow. So, whatever. So, um, yeah, they have me like needles. I beat my arm on all this medication. The medication, it worked, but only for a period of time because the next night, my blood pressure was back up again. Like, because spiking. I remember you talking to Casey and I, and you were like, it just had to get a little lower and then they I could go home. Yeah. And it wasn't getting um it, it wasn't getting any lower. Like that that was the goal was for them to get it down, send me home on medication and bed rest mm-hmm. for at least the next three weeks. So the OB had already said that you're not gonna get to forty weeks. Just like, off top. So it's not gonna be no just 40. off top. Yeah, no forty. Like, we have to at least get you until August 8th, so you have at least a, a, a full-term baby, but it wasn't getting any better. Like, it would go down, go down, go down, and then it would spike up, especially at night, mm-hmm. or like, later in the evening, and, and we didn't know what was causing it. Like, they didn't know what was causing it, but apparently, it's it's, like, such this common thing, and I've heard of it before, but I've never just, you know researched it to know what could really cause it and the only cure for it is to deliver the baby that's what my mom said it's because like that'll be the hardest the, the worst thing in the world is to have a baby and then no mom right and a lot a lot of times that does happen um when i was yeah. working at urban outfitters it was his manager um and she was really small and just like really energetic and just okay if she was in today it was cool and i remember her getting pregnant and she was married and she went in everything was normal she had the baby and she lost her life and it ended up like her husband just took home the baby it was really sad and there was no reason for that Mm -mm. she wasn't showing no symptoms or anything what did she have she just died she just they said she just passed away due to complications but people don't understand like being pregnant is very you're not in control anymore mm-hmm. it's like you help this baby grow you eat for this baby and yourself you go to mm-hmm. these doctors appointment and then depending on how your baby your body responds to this child 
that's just what you're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. right. So, so my question for you is, being that um, high blood pressure can hurt a mother and a child, um, and being that you knew that, how stressed were you, especially knowing the death rate for Black women when they delivered? Man, I was super stressed out in the hospital. Like, I didn't want my boyfriend to leave mm -hmm. because I didn't know what they were going to do to me when he wasn't there. Like, when I'm by myself, I'm, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm not really in control. Mm -hmm. um, I was on FaceTime heavily with, with my mom. Like, okay, what is, what is this, this, this medication? Mm -hmm. um, researching it. Like, is it right? Does it harm a baby? Is, is it going to kill me? Like, are they doing everything that they're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Because I know, like, made, like this is how they treat Black women um, in the hospital, in the healthcare. But I will say the one thing about the hospital, um, Northside Hospital, FYI, is that um, I did feel at some point, like, secure and safe with mm -hmm. the doctors and the nurses. Mm -hmm. um, just based off of them because I didn't know much about blood pressure at all because I never had an issue with it yeah and I didn't know that it was something that could be a silent killer and that's what it was for me and um now that I know I kind of understand why they wanted to keep me there to to keep monitoring me to keep checking it to keep monitoring the baby mm -hmm. make sure that the, the, the baby is alive um and they had so many people come in and like talk to me about like the process and just have to mess. Like I was talking to um a midwife, a an OB, ultrasound tech, on top of all the nurses that would come in and um take my vitals. Then they had someone come in from the NICU because my my baby would have to be in the mm -hmm. NICU, being that he was brought in before full term. Mm -hmm. And then I um they had a maternal fatal doctor come in who um i was like what are you and if you wasn't doing? stressed before now you <laughs> hella stressed because like damn are you telling me that my yeah. baby not gonna make it i know oh my but god all these yeah it's like all these doctors so the maternal fatal is is like uh, i guess he specializes in the baby while it's in your uterus Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what, what, what the hell is the OBGYN for then? Like, I don't understand. Right. The name so just says death. Death, yes. baby, death. I'm just like, mm -mm. yes. So I'm like, mind you, it's like COVID going on. I'm in the hospital. I'm a black woman. And this is not helping my blood pressure at all. Because yeah. I'm like stressed. I'm bugging out. Like, this is just going for a loop. So, um, yeah, I, I'm in the hospital like for like at least a week and um monitoring blood pressure, checking vitals, doing lab work, monitoring the baby day in, day out for the for the next um six days. So on July 15th, the OB came in and said like um we're gonna have to induce labor because your lab work is still elevated, your blood pressure is still high, mm -hmm. it's not safe for you, it's not safe for the baby. So, all right, cool. So at, at that point, I'm 34 weeks and five days. With and no I'm baby really over shower. It. With no, but I had to cancel my baby shower. My um photo shoot was on July 14th. Mm. Um, 
no baby shower at all because I was gonna go home and be on bed rest. Right. So I was gonna I was gonna have a shower or do a shoot or anything, um, or work. Mm-hmm. Just go home and chill. So they induced me um, on July 16th at like 9:30 a.m. Um, and they actually put me on some kind of medication called Spytotec. They didn't do anything for me. So then they um, used Pitocin, and then that started to work a little bit. So I started having contractions at like one in the afternoon mm-hmm. after being induced at like 9.30. So, you know, I'm laying there chilling. I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And then I start to feel something. <laughs> And then I start to feel feel something like um it it doesn't feel like a menstrual cramp. It feels like somebody is is like that like it's just like a line mm-hmm. that just goes down from, from from your abdomen down to your uterus and it is the most painful thing that I have ever experienced in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sitting to there, back, to back, man. To back. <laughs> like it's one thing to know. It's one thing to know you gotta. This feeling's gonna go away, but and it's another thing to try to prepare for the next one and the next one and the next one. Listen. Granted, it's um. I mean, granted, it's it's temporary pain, but it's so painful to where it don't feel like it lasts for a few seconds. Yeah. And, you know, and then I, I I wanted to have a natural birth, but I think that I was already stressed out just due to being in the, um, in the hospital, mm-hmm. knowing and, you know, just being thrown for a loop, everything being so, um, like, unexpected. And after those first one or two hours of those contractions, I got an epidural. <laughs> no. So he... So he came in, the um, surgeon, the design, and I was like, thank you so much. You saved my life. <laughs> like, he really he really knew what he was doing. So at that point, I was just laying there chilling for a few hours, mm-hmm. watching TV. Um, I couldn't eat anything. Mm, and they were still, um, I definitely was starving. And, and they were still, you know, doing my vitals and blood work or whatever. So, all right, cool. And, um... At that point, I was like four centimeters dilated at like seven o'clock. Um, fast forward to nine p.m. that night, I was like six centimeters dilated, mm-hmm. and and um, I went from six to eight in all of like thirty minutes. <laughs> so um, the OB came in and she and she checked my cervix, and I was eight centimeters dilated. And she said that um, she was going to go ahead and deliver because he was so tiny that mm-hmm. I could start to push at eight instead of um, 10 centimeters. Wow. Yeah. So, but it all happened so fast. That, like, but that's what you want when you in, well, no. the labor part. The labor <laughs> part you want fast. The um, process up to the labor for you. Of course, you don't want that because you want the, the a child grows best inside of you all mm-hmm. the way too. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like you were just in a space where everything was fast and unaware and you were in mm-hmm. control. But I'm I would rather you have been there than be at home with no symptoms and your blood pressure oh, is yeah. really high and you don't yeah. know what's going on. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, I get helps to think about all the times that I was at home and I didn't even know it. Yeah. Because that would be my next question. Like, how long was your blood pressure that high? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, imagine if he was walking down the steps. Boom. Like, yeah. And that would be really bad. But, um, yeah, like, I I started, like, she came in. It was already a nurse in there. Mm. And she checked, and then she was like, oh, yes, he's ready. And I was like, ready for what? Ready for the party. Like, what's going on? Um, she was like, okay, you ready to push? I, I said, push for what? <laughs> excuse me. I was like, excuse me. And um, so so at that point, it was like 10 people walked in the room. I'm like, what's going on? This is, this is what um, I tell you because... And that's why when you have a baby, you don't care who sees you naked after work because so many people have done seen your body and everything and you don't even know who they are. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, what's going on? And, you know, it's, it's um, two other nurses. You know, of, of course, the OB is in there. Mm-hmm. The um the Nike was in there. They got a whole freaking staff of people. It was like five, five of them alone from, mm-hmm. from the Nike, and then it was um the 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 surgeon, the um anesthesi- the anesthesiologist guy, and then it was some other nurse assistants. So she's um so the OB is telling you to push. I'm like, girl, <laughs> right? You, you couldn't feel nothing. Yeah, I was like, pushing. I I could I I felt paralyzed like I couldn't feel myself pushing anything. Yeah. Um. At first, and um, so she's watching me, and then she's watching the monitor to see like how my contractions are, and mm-hmm. she was just like push, push. I said I can't. She said yes, you can. <laughs> and I said I can't, and she was like you don't have a choice. I said yes, I do. <laughs> I can't push no more, and um, that's when I thought I couldn't like like she placed him on on um on top of me, and at that point I was so out of it that I couldn't even like see him for real. Oh wow! Because at that point my blood pressure had went so low, like so low to where I felt like I was gonna pass out, oh, wow. and then I was like shaking and shivering, mm-hmm. like really bad. And um, yeah. And they had they took him in and, and, and wrapped him up, and they tried to pass him to me, but I was just so out of it that I couldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't even like in, enjoy that moment of like having him out. Um. So once I I actually got calm and my vitals was back elevated they took me to a um, postpartum room and I couldn't even go see my baby because my blood pressure was back up again in the 150s 
So I had to immediately go back on medication. I thought after you had them, it would normalize. Mm-mm. Not that fast. So how long did it take you for your blood pressure to go down? Like Saturday. And you had them? The when? next day. Oh, Thursday. Shoot. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So for like mm-hmm. the two, two and a half days of you having your two kids. Two and a half days. You meet them. Mm-mm. That, that was the hardest thing. And I was just like, I remember just like sitting in the um, postpartum just crying. Like just crying, crying my eyes one I, I don't want to be here i'm on medication mm-hmm. i don't feel like i'm in control i'm in this freaking hospital I, I don't know where my baby is right like just like that was like yeah yeah and um and then i'm on this medication for 24 hours mm-hmm. and i feel like drugged up and souped up and i'm pissing every freaking 30 minutes again like, I, I, I don't feel like myself yeah and um and you know like they keep coming in checking blood pressure checking temperature checking um oxygen and 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 swelling it's like it was just super super annoying you You felt like you felt like an object yeah yeah i'm like why can't i and then you've been like okay well like what is wrong with me like why is it you know high and, and stuff like that and and um you know i had actually got off of medication Saturday morning mm-hmm. and then I was able to go down to the Nikes and, um, mm. from um, that Thursday him. to the Saturday did his dad get to see him mm-hmm. okay. yeah he yeah he saw him um he 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 actually went down there and I had him since, since I couldn't go mm-hmm. and he just um sent me pictures and stuff but um but even so, it's like, oh, it's like, I don't want to see him like that. Like with those wires and yeah. stuff. And, and it's on, on, on his monitors and they have a tube in his nose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like that's bothering him or if that's hurt. And then he's so tiny. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I didn't like seeing him like that. Um, that that would kind of bother me too. But um, yeah. Yeah, so I I didn't see him until Saturday morning when I got off the, the medication, mm-hmm. and um, I held him for a little bit and um in the NICU, and I was talking I was talking talking to the um, NICU doctors, and the thing with the NICU is that you don't know how long they're gonna be in there because mm. it just depends on how well the baby does if he's breathing on his own, um, if he feeds. You know, right? If he maintains his uh, temperature, like, like yeah. we just really don't know. Um, so Saturday, I was discharged, and I came home, boohoo, cried again. Because mm. that's the hardest thing is to not be able to go home with your baby um, yeah. after you after you went through all that. I couldn't and then imagine. All, and then all those months of carrying him and bonding, being sick, and you know, but. I will say the one thing about um again Northside Hospital is that those doctors in the NICU are mm-hmm. like angels and scrubs. Mm-hmm. And you know that like he's safer in there than he is out here because like he can't like he couldn't do certain things on his own yet. Mm-hmm. And then you have COVID on top of everything. It's kind of like right. you don't want to bring yeah. him out and him be around something and his immune system is not. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, and his lung, and then and then yeah, like even like just just, just during the pandemic, it was just hard being pregnant because you really couldn't go anywhere without, you know, like I went to all of my appointments by myself. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have no extra people in the hospital with me, mm-hmm. um, like no family or like friends friends to visit. And then you wonder about like if you're sick, if your baby is sick. Yeah, it's like crazy. So. But um, yeah. So I I came home on Saturday. Um, they sent me home with medication for blood pressure, and um, I had my one week postpartum a week after, and it had went down in the one forties. So it did decrease a little bit um, after one week, and then I had my five weeks um, at the end of this month. Mm. Um, you still taking the meds now? Mm-hmm. Is the meds okay for you to take when you breastfeed? They said it is. Yeah, they they said, that's the same thing because they gave me in the hospital because um, it wasn't gonna affect the baby. Okay. So they um they um said it was safe, but um but yeah, like wow. I was home, you know, we, so we still took trips up to go see and stuff like that. And he was calling and giving me updates mm-hmm. uh, on how he was doing. I mean, like, even that was hard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. That's like the perfect, <laughs> that's like the perfect ingredients for making a new mother have, like, postpartum. Because imagine if you didn't feel like any emotional attachment to a, the baby that you just had, and then you get him home, and you have to basically take care of him, and you don't feel any attachment because y'all been separated for so long. For so, so long, right? Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't you didn't feel like that though. Mm-mm. Oh no, yeah, I was up. Yeah, I was every day um and you know what's crazy is that he actually shocked me because i thought he was going to be home for three weeks mm-hmm. and um i think like on the 11th day i went there and they was like okay um we think he's ready mm-hmm. and i was like oh okay and, and you know like I, like I was saying to y'all that the mm-hmm. doctor said if he's ready and you're not ready as his mom, your insurance won't cover this visit no more. Uh, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well then he's, well, then he's coming home tomorrow then. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I was really shocked because because it was like, he's um he's taking eight, eight to 10 bottles in 24 hours. He's breathing, he's gaining weight, his lungs look good, he's doing, like way ahead of himself so he came home like within 12 days hmm. did they do and like I the normal the normal hearing test and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah hmm. yeah they did they did um so yeah he like he really shocked me i, I mean brandon he's still so tiny um but but he's packing on weight like fast and he yeah. eats Listen, this man is holding his bottle. I'm just like, what is going I on here? Is this normal? <laughs> I know, I know, but it's um, 
but it's but it's like it's it's such an adjustment because for one like he's premature mm-hmm. so you want to so you can't help but wonder like okay am i doing this right yeah. is it hurting him am i feeding him too much is he comfortable is he breathing right you know what mm-hmm. i mean um and then he's just i mean yeah he's i mean he's still a tiny baby though mm-hmm But um, what did I leave off? <laughs> um, you're talking about bringing him home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't help but um, you know, but wonder like if he's you know still doing those things on on his own. But but yeah. So he's been here um for the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I will say for, for a preemie, he's super alert. Mm-hmm. He's quiet. He, you know, he's just like okay. Yeah, <laughs> my new place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, can you put that stuff out the oven. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely like a new place. Like, but yeah, but even like the aftermath of it all. It's just like, oh my God. And then like, you start to like blame yourself, like, dang, did I do anything? Or mm-hmm. what could I have done to have prevent this? Was, was I stressed out too much? Was I just mm-hmm. not taking it easy? Yeah. Was I not getting enough rest? And apparently it's just it's just like an unknown cause. Like you was playing anything that you could have done or didn't do. Mm-hmm. It's just something that um you know that happens, and I will um say like as many trips as we take into the NICU, they had at least eighty babies in there. Mm. In the NICU, and and then, and then you have like like other parents that's coming there just like you to see him. And um, I met this one young lady in the um elevator, and she had her baby at twenty three weeks. Oh wow! And um, he was born one pound. Wow. And he's been in there for three months, and I was like, I couldn't imagine. Like I thought I had it bad. Three months. But there's people in there who, you know, like somebody always got it worse than you. Mm-hmm. And my um, my youngest brother was a preemie, and um, my mom said when she had him, he could fit in her hand, and my mom has small hands. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it's it was definitely a journey. Like I I just definitely didn't um think that it was something that I would have went through. Like mm-hmm. I've heard of preeclampsia, like Beyonce had preeclampsia, y'all. Yeah. But I didn't think that that it was anything that um that would have happened to me or anything that I would have went through. Just mm-hmm. delivering early and um not being able to have your baby shower and your photo shoot, you know, granted it's your first baby, so you yeah. want to do all those memories and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, it's 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 a traumatic experience. Like I'm still trying to recover from it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think year. you you think about like all the things that could go wrong, and then it starts like mm-hmm. getting like the best of you. But in the mm-hmm. same sense, I feel like it does give you time 
because now you can actually like plan his photo shoot right and as he grows and gets a little bit bigger you have like a time gauge on when you can do those things mm -hmm. um you get to stretch out his his baby gear more because he's small yeah that's so, true so you know this time with you on maternity leave it's a good time not e not to even have him around people right now uh definitely and you're gonna go directly into fall where you're gonna have yeah, to keep him bundled up so mm -hmm. huh. i mean yeah i'll say like i'm definitely thankful um because i didn't know like how serious this shit could, could really get in yeah like i said Northside hospital i feel like they made the right call because it would be the worst thing in the world for me to have passed away due to preeclampsia and you have a baby here with no mother you know what i mean like, or be like you that. don't have either one of you because that happens yeah to this girl where her and her baby like passed away and it's, it's, that's it Mm -hmm. And then you think, yeah. I started to think about like all the women that don't have proper health care. And what if you didn't go to that appointment? You wouldn't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, what if I hadn't went to the, um, and then I'm, and then I, and then I can't help but to think about all the other times that I've just been sitting here. Yeah. And not knowing that I had high blood pressure. Like, it's like, it could have been a, a deadly, silent killer. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. um, I, I just didn't know how serious it could get or or um that it was and my mom told me that too mm -hmm. um okay but i definitely had a praying team um you know my, my boyfriend was there doing the best that he could and um you know he was stressed out too but he's a man yeah you know like they're not used to you know going through this or, or like even seeing this you know like they're they're, they're usually there like for the after mad part mm -hmm. not during the, the whole thing and then he didn't know how serious it was just like i didn't know how serious it was either so right. we both like just stressed out and fighting each other like while we're in the hospital like just it was it was just it was just crazy like the mm -hmm. aftermath of it and um but yeah, he's here, and I feel like the doctors definitely made the right call. Yeah, to go ahead and um induce. Yeah, what's some yeah. um what's some advice you would give for a mom? That um, I think the main thing for a mom who who's expecting, like even if it's your third or fourth pregnancy, just um expect the unexpected. <laughs> yeah like even like like even in good health if you never had blood pressure issues diabetes um any type of any kind of like health issues like we can just throw all that out the window because your body is because it's not just your body anymore it's like baby's body and what's beyond your control is that the baby could cause your body to do different things that you may not experience before so it's really shocking for that um that's really the the main thing is just to expect the unexpected i would definitely say make sure you don't stress um 
if anything is stressing you out, then just get rid of it because it's it's not worth your health. Um, make sure you have a good diet. Drink, drink, drink a lot of water. Because um, I think that one of the things for me is that I really didn't, I really didn't eat how I should have ate when I was pregnant um, with my baby. Um, something else is definitely your support system. Because um, I didn't have any family out here. Honestly, like, I, I live out here like, like you know, I, I have friends or whatever. But it's always good to have family, like your mom and stuff like that, there with you too. Um, and definitely in a pandemic. I don't know how long this, this uh, COVID shit gonna last, but... <laughs> If you plan on getting pregnant during this dang pandemic, I would definitely make sure that if you are pregnant or planning to be pregnant, go ahead and make sure you choose the your, your one support person right now. That makes and sense. Make sure it's somebody who I, I would not suggest a man. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. But y'all just not cut for this. But I would definitely make sure it's somebody who is nurturing and preferably a woman definitely choose your support person um yeah. and go to your doctor's appointments no yeah. it's not a one yeah because you don't know what that doctor appointment could have found and you know if you're pregnant it ain't nothing for you to go into a walgreens or a cvs and buy a um uh a blood uh, pressure monitor yeah i think it's like what Fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, and just check it on your own. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. Um, you definitely can check it on your own because I actually went and bought one after I got discharged, just so I can just you know start to uh, check it on my own. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that's that. That was really. I mean, it's a traumatic experience, but I'm I'm still trying to you know decompress from it mm-hmm. and recover from it while adjusting to um motherhood as well this girl cries for everything who are you <laughs> yeah talking about i can't do it girl do what pull down your pants Mm-mm-mm. I think, um, but yeah, I'm just happy to be alive. Like, I think they definitely did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's an experience, so. I'm sorry that was your experience, but mm-hmm. hopefully on your second and third and fourth one, it'll be great. <laughs> if there is a second, third, and fourth one, there may not be one. <laughs> Speaking of, speaking of, but thank you for sharing, man. Information was definitely needed. That man wants something to eat. He wants something to eat. But yeah, I I hope this, you know, touches somebody. Like free, free plants here is a real thing. Someone who really experienced it. Thank you. Well, go feed him. 
Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.